Three, two, one. All right, everybody. Welcome to Gut Check this evening. Um, I'm glad everybody uh, could make it. Hope you enjoy the show uh, that we're going to have. We're going to discuss tonight. Uh, tonight uh, with me, I have um, one of the best um, researchers out there, and actually, a uh, very good author and and someone I'm, I'm glad to call a friend in the research community, William Ramsey. He's back on the program. Uh, we're glad to have you here, William. Uh, I brought you back on to discuss. Uh, the recent um, Johnny Depp adoration that seems to be pushed uh, because of the Johnny Depp uh, Amber Heard uh, trial that uh, many people could not stop talking about for weeks on end. And Facebook wanted to force the Facebook reels uh, every time I was scrolling down through Facebook to make me uh, uh, listen to parts of the trial. Uh, and uh, it, it's quite sad because Johnny Depp does not deserve anyone's adoration. Uh, he is a horrible human being. Uh, and, uh, and I mean, yes, I do have issues with Amber Heard in over herself, too. Uh, but I would say that Johnny Depp is way more detestable uh, than Amber Heard is. Uh, and tonight we're going to we're going to hopefully discuss, you know, discuss in depth reasons why anybody who rooted for Johnny Depp, they probably shouldn't. So, um, William Ramsey. Welcome to Gut Check. How are you oh, doing? Thanks. I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me back, yes, John. It's great to be with you. Of course. So um, when you were researching the West Memphis uh, Three, um, when did you start You know, realizing that Johnny Depp was advocating uh, for them? Do you remember about how long back that was where you, you know, it was started talking about in the West Memphis Three research community that Johnny Depp was advocating for them? Well, there was a lot of mystery involved when I started researching it, which was after I published my first book, Prophet of Evil. I was working on my second book, which end, ended up being my third book, Children of the Beast. And so I saw this whole thing uh, around the West Memphis Three getting out of jail in August 2011. And so I they had all these celebrity supporters, and I couldn't quite figure out why all these people were supporting them. And Johnny Depp and probably Peter Jackson are the most predominant, but there were other ones, Henry Rollins, Eddie Vedder, Margaret Cho, Dixie Chicks. They're pretty big too, actually. But so I was, I never, I, I saw their names. I don't know why that they were following them, but then looking into the backgrounds of their people and their character, I think the kind of like scales came from my eyes or I peeled the onion and saw a lot more about their personalities, their personal life. And I can see that their personal lives were similar to Damien Eccles' personal life or background. Um, so that's kind of like, oh, wow, Johnny Depp's into this. But I've seen some documents. There's a lot of information that shows that the bankroller, the primary bankrollers for getting out, and they raised potentially 10 to $20 million. Nobody knows the exact amount of money. It's an enormous sum of money. But the primary bankrollers were Depp and Peter Jackson. So... Why were they doing it? There was a big question for me and a lot of head scratching. Like, why are they supporting this person who was found guilty of a horrible crime um, in May 5th, 1993? They were convicted in 1994, all three of them. But yeah, so Johnny Depp was definitely involved and still involved. There was uh, this whole issue, and I sent you some pictures uh, that you can post if you want. But Johnny Depp is with the director of the three documentaries, Berlinger. This is one of the one where they were going. Yeah, that's another. We can go through all these. Okay, okay. But there's one you'll see. It's a Instagram picture of Depp and Eccles. I think it was in 2018 or 2019. And they've always been arguing that there wasn't a fair analysis 
of the DNA evidence at trial. And so they've made a big pu public curve. That's it. Perfect. Big public curve fluffle. And they went back to um, Arkansas to complain about it. But they really shouldn't aren't even allowed to complain because they signed on the dotted line against for first degree murder in um, 2011 of August. And I think they agreed not, not to uh, fight against this claim for 10 years or something like that. But they still are doing it, uh, if I remember correctly. But so this whole saga, it really is a saga. It's a 30-year saga. Uh, Johnny Depp, for 15 years, was a was kind of a public person. And, and I sent you some videos, too, uh -huh. of we can, we can go down the line. But there on this, Damien Eccles wrote a book called Life After Death, published around 2012. And they went on, he went on a book tour. And Johnny Depp and some of these other characters who were his sympathizers or supporters um, conducted kind of public Q&As. And Johnny Depp was one of them in New York. I think your first picture, you showed them walking into a bookstore, Barnes & Noble or something like that. Yes. That's it right there. There's Jeff, Depp and Eccles. Um, uh, the other one was the bass or the guitar player for Jane's Addiction. His name is, uh, it'll come to me. But so there's there's a number of these people who support them, all kind of Hollywood, Holly weirdos or uh you know, uh, it's kind of strange characters. When you look at them all and their lifestyle, Rollins, Cho, and Vetter, and they are, are, are discussing, not... Are uh, Dave Navarro, who is a Satanist? Dave Navarro. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks. Okay. I forgot his name. But he, so there's another vibe videos of Navarro I can show too, interviewing Eccles. And he reveals a lot about himself. He reveals a lot about his occultism, how he likes to moon bathe and believes in moon water and the, the light of the moon. So you can power or energize water and then drink it. Uh, he admits to that amongst, amongst other things. So the depth, and then you kind of research depth and it gets pretty disturbing. Like going back even before the West Memphis three, he's involved in all kinds of occult films from hell ninth gate, which is super occult. Um, we talked in the pre-show about a movie about snuff films, the brave that he wrote and directed or co-wrote and directed. And just kind of themes of the kind of dark themes, uh, Sleepy Hollow, he kind of plays a dark person, Sweeney Todd, the butcher, uh, Transcendence, which is incredibly illuminated kind of like beast system that came out on uh, April 18th, which is a huge Kabbalistic Crowley number. You can see, I can pull up a layman of uh, one of Crowley's and 418's on there. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, well, I mean, he played pretty uh, so he played Hunter S. Thompson in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, uh, and that's when him and Hunter S. Thompson became friends. Um, and I'll talk more about Hunter S. Thompson later. Uh, but um, interestingly enough, in that movie, um, it stated that was where it stated where they got adrenochrome uh, from the adrenal glands of young boys, where you could almost say the adrenochrome myth was actually birthed then, uh, was during that movie, uh, was put into public consciousness. But actually, in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Hunter S. Thompson's actual book, or Fear and Loathing in the Campaign Trail, uh, he talks about using alcohol, mescaline, and adrenochrome, and adrenochrome really not doing anything. Uh, when he used it as a drug, and there is no mention of him procuring it from the adrenal glands of young boys. Uh, so it's quite interesting that that was put in, you know, uh, Terry Gilliam's Fear and Loathing Las Vegas film. Uh, and of course, Terry Gilliam and Johnny Depp are also really good friends as well with Hunter S. Thompson. And, uh, you know, and, and but that was not actually ever uttered by Hunter S. Thompson or ever in a work of Hunter S. Thompson. So. Mm. 
And that kind of the adrenochrome is kind of morphed or leached into 4chan mythology. Uh, sorry, uh, what is it? QAnon mythology. So it's kind of well, that idea as well. has morphed. Yes. Yeah. Um, 4chan too, sorry, but really, uh, really QAnon. There's mm-hmm. a lot of QAnon. I talk about adrenochrome and not a lot of evidence for that. But also the Gilliam movie that I think Depp was into was the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus and another suspicious death of an act, young death of an actor. Uh, Heath Ledger, uh-huh. um, so Dark Shadows. So there's a lot of you know stuff. Edward Scissorhands, Tim Burton connected to Kenneth Anger. I mean, we can just go down this strange. <laughs> Was Kenneth Anger of himself being you know an occultist, a pedophile, uh, a degenerate? Uh, you know. um, there, when you want to talk about the theme of snuff films, uh, Dave McGowan's book. I don't remember. I can't remember which one it was. If it was Weird Scenes or program to kill but he mentions a little side thing that kenneth anger was financed to make snuff films you can find that i have to go back and find that reference yeah i mean i guess we're going to talk a lot about a lot about snuff films tonight as horrific as they may be but all these people uh have obsession with snuff films whether it's It's very true and for people who think that they don't exist i can mention two places where they do exist and that is henry lake and robert ing those two guys who uh ran this whole hellscape up in the hills of uh, the Sierra, Sierra Nevadas. They took those films. And then also Minata or Mignata is his mm-hmm. fake name, but he did that. He made a film like that about this poor Asian guy that he, uh, he you know, I, I believe, I to. believe because of the interviews that Patrick has done in his program to kill YouTube channel, uh, the Henry, Henry Lake, um, and Neeg, um, it was a collective. It wasn't just them alone that were, you know, producing it. And, and um, uh, as as most serial killers worked in a collective group, I know Henry Lucas called it the head of death cult. Um, which uh, me and George at one time found a book that discussed that it was financed. The Hunt and Death Cult was financed by the the Hunt oil tycoon family uh, that founded the Council for National Policy. But yet, when we tried to go back on the internet and try to look for that quote of where the book was, even though Josh Reeves has mentioned it himself. Uh, we could not find it. It was completely gone. So, but George can attest. We've spent hours trying to find uh, that book uh, where it's quoted, where there there is uh, proof uh, that the Hunt family uh, um, financed the Hand of Death cult, uh, but haven't been able to find it. So, it's yeah, lost. Surprising. It. I mean, that's what he mentions, right? And I mean, they they couldn't verify a lot of the so-called deaths he did, but. He was he was the only person who was pardoned by George Bush Jr. Right in Texas, mm-hmm, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's very uh, strange because Texas is a hanging state. So yeah, that's where to get pardoned, you know. And then with yeah. Hunter S. Thompson, I mean, you know, I could guess I could go through the information like that since I guess we're we're, we're discussing uh, those things. But um, so with, with Hunter S. Thompson, we have the allegations of Paul Benassi uh, that first came out in John DeCamp's book, The Franklin Cover-Up, which was written in 1996. So a quote from that book, another testimony, Benassi said that Larry King was smiling and laughing the whole time the film was being shown and that men with the hoods were a satanic group uh, which planned to use the dead boy in some sort of ceremony. They also named the director of the snuff film what they had picked up in Las Vegas as Hunter Thompson. Uh, of course, that instance where they were talking about where that occurred was Bohemian Grove. Uh, later, uh, Rusty Nelson, a photographer. And I know some. you can verify a lot of what Rusty Nelson said, but you can't verify all of what Rusty Nelson said. 
Um, but he claimed that uh, Larry King, most people actually say that it was Hunter S. Thompson, but actually if you go back and listen to the actual interview, which I did, he says Larry King, Lawrence E. King, offered him $100,000 in, in 1988 to produce a snuff film with Hunter S. Thompson involving a child. Uh, Larry King was whom introduced Hunter S. Thompson to Rusty T. Nelson, uh, and that was an interview that Rusty Nelson did with Michael Corbin uh, in April 12, uh, 2005. Now, um, Nick Bryant, in his book, The Franklin Scandal, kind of casts doubt on all that, uh, where he writes, uh, Paul Benassi didn't say that the producer was, in fact, the gonzo writer uh, Hunter S. Thompson, but merely that he introduced himself by saying the name Hunter Thompson. Uh, to this day, Benassi doesn't even know what the late Hunter S. Thompson looks like, and surely common sense would dictate that someone making a snuff film wouldn't provide his true name, especially if he was famous. I necess necessarily don't agree with Bryant there because this whole how nefarious this whole nexus is. Um, though Benassi never said the actual Hunter S. Thompson participated in the production of a snuff film, Rusty T. Nelson gave an interview where he fingered Hunter S. Thompson as a snuff film aficionado, which, by the way, is something that you and I discussed off air, that Hunter S. Thompson's um, uh, secretary, uh, Nicole Brown, actually wrote in a article in 2005 after Hunter S. Thompson's death uh, that he threw that he threw her out of his house for refusing to watch a snuff film. So Hunter S. Thompson had snuff films, alright? So you know, you could say, well, a person can have a snuff film but never actually film a snuff film, but again he is a... <laughs> trying to show that screen, film. I hope it's popular. So, uh, yeah, uh, I hope that's showing up because I'm trying to show it's her not, name. It's not, She's show, right there it's not showing up for some reason. Okay. Um, okay, let me see if I can stop it. But uh, let's see here. And someone else's I interviews. I can send you the link in okay. the. Um, Just do that, and I'll post it. Chat. Uh, he implicated Hunter S. Thompson in making the snuff films. That's Rusty T. Nelson. I spent hours with Rusty Nelson, which is true. Nick Bryant did before his photography studio was raided, and he never discussed Hunter S. Thompson's affiliation with King or snuff films. After those interviews, I confronted Nelson and showed him five pictures. Uh, one of the pictures was of Hunter S. Thompson, and Nelson couldn't properly identify him. That's what Nick Bryant says. So I, I think it's probably true about Hunter S. Thompson allegedly filming the snuff films at Bohemian Grove. I'd probably put it at about a 75% confidence because of everything. Uh, but it's not 100% confidence because, again, Rusty T. Nelson couldn't even pick Hunter S. Thompson out of five photos. You know, that's if we believe Nick Bryant. I don't think Nick Bryant would lie about that. Uh, but it's still interesting, nonetheless, that we do know that Hunter S. Thompson did have snuff films uh, and, you know, threw his secretary out of the house when she would not watch them. So, I mean, I mean, there's also, you know... Hunter S. Thompson, the quote that he did on, uh, was it Letterman? Back in 88, talking right, about hunting right. people, uh, which is still yeah. awfully odd, too, as well. And, and just, I, you know, he's just, Hunter S. Thompson's a very, very sketchy dude, a very degenerate dude. Yeah, super um, sinister, massive drug habit, really strange lifestyle, just out, just out there. Yeah, and then also, um, of course, some people say it was a mythos that I couldn't claim uh, that supposedly uh, there was a reporter that was trying to um, verify Rusty Nelson's claims because Rusty Nelson got arrested around the time that Hunter S. Thompson died, and supposedly Hunter S. Thompson uh, was going to have an interview with uh, that journalist. Um, 
before his death and uh, was supposedly um, going to spill the beans about shooting the snuff films, but he wanted money to, to do so, which that kind of negates journalistic integrity. Uh, but uh, that never happened, and Hunter S. Thompson uh, died under suspicious conditions about him dying from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head inside of his so-called fortified compound or house that he called the Owl Farm in Colorado. So who knows if he was going to come clean to the reporter and spill the beans about stuff that he knew. I don't know. I don't know if that's why they killed him. Uh, but nonetheless, Hunter S. Thompson, you know, there's a lot of mythos around this and trying to parcel, okay, what is true, what is not true. It's been almost two decades since his death. And since, you know, it's been almost three decades since the Franklin scandal stuff, right? So trying to go back and find as much of this material as you can, it's been lost on the internet, William, you know? That's true, so. but there is, like, he wrote in Hey Rube 2005 this whole thing about strange rituals, holidays, Halloween, Satanism. There's always a rash of kidnapping and abductions of school children in the football months. Mm-hmm. Preteens of both sexes are traditionally seized and grabbed off the streets by gangs of organized perverts who traditionally give them as Christmas gifts to each other. So, so that was Hunter S. Thompson writing about that and supposedly the kidnapping of Johnny Gosh, uh, right. which Banassi was allegedly a, a part of, supposedly, right? So Hunter S. Thompson writing that specifically, you could almost say is he he would have known, you know. So right, but the, I mean, the, the if you remember the story within the Franklin scandal, I mean, it was really brutal. Like they took some kid in a cage and shot. You know, if I remember correctly, it was a super crazy um, statement that the original. Franklin Scandal. Who was the author of that? It was uh, uh, it was John DeCamp, who George and John I DeCamp, now right. believe, uh, because of some information that we have discovered through interviewing people who know DeCamp, um, and again, he was part of the Phoenix program, uh, He, it was likely a limited hangout book, William, and, and supposedly he, I don't know, it's... Supposedly there's some pictures of his daughter that were taken that he claims was kind of like pictures of her being in a bathtub when she's very young, which a lot of parents do. But it turns out that allegedly that that's not necessarily the case and that, you know, he was taking pictures, uh, 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 nude pictures of his daughter, allegedly, uh, when she was um, before the age of 18 coming out of a pool. So there's allegations of that about the camp. There's other allegations of him making inappropriate uh, jokes, uh, kind of like a, a, a Baku Bazi. You know, Afghanistan boy, uh, uh, rape and stuff like that, and everything. So, there's been some stuff that surfaced about the camp, and George could probably talk about it more. There's an interview that we did previously beforehand about the camp, uh, where, um, and also, did you know that Paul Benassi, this is another aside, um, he now claims that all the Republican or most of the Republicans, um, and if this is Paul Benassi, me and George think it is on Facebook. He claims that uh, majority of the Republicans that he saw uh, were wearing masks, oh. and they, and they, they, oh. they were people trying to act like that they were Republicans, and that they never were involved in the Franklin scandal. And he's kind of walking back, but he's also very hyper pro-Trump too, kind of like Kathy O'Brien is now. So we don't really know what oh. to make of that. It's kind of odd, man. But yeah, it is what odd. it is. So, right. that's strange. <sighs> Just gets murky, right? It gets murkier and murkier. Yeah, the more time goes on. So, do you want me to play the clip? Um, yeah, go ahead. Please do. Okay, yeah, we'll you do. can play the whole thing if you want. We'll do. 
So wrote more of the Echoes, ma- Echoes Magic with Johnny Depp. I suspect some off-canner had a glass of water ready in the vent. Depp nodded off. These are the edited clips from original video. How did you... All right, it's Depp interviewing Eccles. Yeah, the same, basically the same, the same quest that you've been on prior to uh, being wrongfully accused and wrongfully convicted in terms of a spiritual quest. Uh, while inside for all those years, though it, uh, on some, some level, uh, is very helpful in terms of your mental condition, your psyche to continue on. But really, I mean, how you, how could you, how, how did you, how were you able to stay focused? How were you able to stay, um, like you said, you know, and sit for five, seven hours of meditation? It, it really, what it comes down to is I didn't have a choice. You know, in, in, on death row, for me, the main thing that drove me forward in my spiritual practice was pain. On death row, there's almost no medical care whatsoever. You know, they're not going to spend a lot of time, money, and energy taking care of somebody that they plan on killing. Um, so if you have something wrong with you, there's not much help for you in there. Um, you know, at one point, I had a lot of nerve damage in my teeth just from being hit in the face so many times. Um, you know, at one point, I had a lot of nerve damage in my teeth. So you say there's no absolutely no evidence that Eccles was in any type of altercation while in jail. The majority of his time in prison was spent in solitary confinement. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. We've been hit in the face so many times. And, you know, in prison there are no caps, no crowns, no root canals, none of that sort of stuff. So I was in extreme pain. And the only choice they give you is either you live with the pain or you let them pull your teeth out. Um, I didn't want to live without teeth. So I had to find some way to deal with the pain. For me, that was meditation, that was energy work. I became extremely passionate and focused on things like Reiki, Qigong, quantum touch, and, and what I would do, I always approached it more as a science than a religion. You know, I don't really care about the religious aspect of it. What I care about is what works, why it works, how it works, and how do you make it work even better. So you're right. In nine, Aleister Crowley began two projects, one the creation and co- completion of his magical order, the AA, the Argium Argentium, or Silver Star, and the publication of the Equinox, an encyclopedia occult periodical. And it's interesting that Damien Eccles is literally talking about uh, kind of like uh, modalities that are taught from the Institute of Noetic Sciences or Barbara Marx Hubbard or whatever, you know, using Reiki and, and intention and everything like that to try to deal with some imagined so-called pain for sympathy that he wants to drum up, right? Yes. No, it's very similar. Yeah, I think. So you wrote, the aim of AA was to teach scientific Illuminism, and the Equinox is intended to function as the official organ of the AA. The organization motto is the method of science, aim of religion. So it's very interesting. I've been talking about through numerous streams, William, on my channel lately, and also when I discussed Barbara Marks Hubbard, because she's, you know, I'm, I went read her book, Happy Birthday, Planet Earth, and, and uh, ha, you know, I discussed we, it a lot. And we talked about her. Mm-hmm. We did that whole show mm-hmm. with her. We right? did, yes. And, uh, you know, 
that that's their belief is kind of like this occult science, you know, as the Apostle Paul uh, writes uh, to warn uh, Timothy uh, in King James Version of the Bible, or science so falsely called, uh, you know, so they're kind of obsessed with this uh, merging uh, of science and religion into scientism almost. Um, and it seems like that's what, you know, I mean, Crowley, obviously, uh, you know, knew about it. Blavatsky, uh, before him, uh, was writing about it and Bailey after him, uh, you know, and then Barbara Marks Hubbard and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's, it's very steeped in theosophy. And before that, you know, the Kabbalah, you know, so it's, it's just the old mystery Babylon, um, being, uh, talked about again, over and over again, religion. So. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's uh, part of the current, right? Current. And here you have the cover of the cult, uh, Encyclopedia of the Equinox, the method of science with the eye of horse and the aim of religion. So, yeah, so he's he's referencing that that kind of dictum of uh, of Crowley, I think. Yes, very much so. The you know him talking about well, the amalgamation of it as a science yeah. and religion. Life in there was the only thing keeping me going. It was the only thing that was allowing me to deal with a lot of the pain that I was having. If I were out here and, and I could have went to a doctor or could have went to a dentist, I probably wouldn't have been nearly as dedicated to it as I was in there. But it, doing it, you learn so much more. It, it's almost impossible to even articulate. You know, you learn things that seem like miracles that most people out here will never know just because they won't have to delve that deeply into it. And I think eventually in, in my life, that's what I'd like to end up doing. Um, you know, after things die down a little bit, maybe, you know, we live in a small town now, maybe have like a little meditation center where I could share some of the same things I learned in prison that helped me survive. Yeah, yeah, he claims he's not an occultist, right, William? Yeah, yeah, he's well. At least before the murders, he was a white witch. He, he said that his girlfriend said that he would be deceiving. If I remember correct, she her parents took her into some kind of cult rehab facility after a relationship with him. Um, but yeah, he, he always comes out and says that he is a Buddhist. He's a, a member of the, like some kind of Shinto tradition but i think that you if you look what he's done since he's got out of jail in 2011 he's covered himself in all kinds of occult tattoos things from the enochian tradition mm -hmm. and a massive black tattoo which i can show and he still does all these signs of silence and hand gestures that uh Depp does so i would say and he puts out all these books that are totally occult related like um was one you know there's all kinds of energy work and all kinds of things like that yes so I would say new that, age modalities yeah. definitely occult modalities oh, um you yeah. know not something that would be exclusive to buddhism um yeah even though right there no is doubt. even though there's some of that in buddhism but it's him claiming that he's just a buddhist or a, a practice of the shinto practice of the shinto religion is just it's just laughable it's silly um with other people who are in desperate situations Exactly. Exactly. So Depp says, stay faithful to the magic, and Eccles agrees with him. So, <laughs> right, right. I mean, come exactly. on. Yeah, they're, they're, these, they're log rolling, right? Spinning it. Stay yep. faithful to the magic. Yep. Know. It's in, entering the spin zone instead of the no spin zone, huh? <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. You say Depp seems to be onto something. 
He seems to be on something like he is oh, drunk yes, or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, he was. I mean, he. I mean, that came out during the trial. I mean, he w was very. He abused drugs quite often and alcohol quite often. You know. Right. So. Before you were um, out, and asked Lori, Damien's uh, lovely wife, what is it? What's the first thing he wants? What does he want? What's the first thing he wants to do or see or feel when he gets out after 18 years of this horror? Um, and uh, the answer came back through Lori from Damien. He just wanted to sit on the porch and, uh, and watch the sun rise, set, no matter, you know, just to, he just wanted to see the sunset sitting on a porch, nothing around. I know that you, you had a lot of supporters, obviously, you know, West Memphis uh, uh, around the globe, a lot of supporters, um, and a lot of set of celebrity Supporters, uh, uh, Henry Rollins, certainly Eddie Vedder, uh, Patty Smith, uh, you know, a number of others. And uh, uh, what? That's sort of one little category of your very complex story, but there was also there were people who would come in and create sort of spiritual advisors or leaders, or uh, you spoke about the. Book here this great piece about um, uh, the priest who had a motorcycle, the goatee, uh, and the bald head, and, um, and then the, the master who would come from Japan. These people became like family to us over time. You know, even like Johnny, Johnny has become like a brother to me over the years. You know, even since I've gotten out. It wasn't like, well, look at him right now. He's sitting here. You know, he, this is certainly not advancing his career in any way. <laughs> so, so it's interesting, William. You know, he talks about the master, but then um, Eccles kind of deflects about trying to say it's some Japanese person or whatever. Um, to me, it almost right. makes, makes me think of some sort of uh, ascended master. Uh, you know, they're kind of discussing there. Uh, which a lot of the theosophists, their ascended master, they would call the Tibetan, right? You know, right, so, right, right. Uh, you know, I, I know J Japan is, is very different than the country of Tibet, but, um, you know, it, it, I mean, oh, they, Johnny Depp is definitely on something there. I mean, he is, yeah. oh boy. Out of it, yeah. Just day drinking or something. I don't know what it is. So Frida Captus sent me this picture, and of course, you know, definitely you, you know, being an expert of the case, uh, you knew what this picture was and everything. But could, could you explain to the audience, maybe, you know, uh, people? Yeah, that it? was in the police files. So it was something that Eccles had drawn, and it was, you know, registered. You can see the stamp of the West Memphis, West Memphis Police there, and it has a date, and it has a stamp that's a, usually a legal stamp to put it into the record, and it is of some type of sacrificial thing. You can see the baby rattle, four tombstones uh, going up to an upward pentagram in a full moon. And there was a full moon too, on, I think on May 5th, 1993 too, if I remember correctly. So there's and rattle trees, the baby supposedly. Right, yes. And we talked in the pre-show, those trees, you kind of see those big balls, they look like bales of hay. Mm -hmm. That's a specific type of tree 
um, that is in kind of the swamp areas of West Memphis. So yeah, where the branches hang down, hang down. If anybody could think of what those trees are, I've seen them before, um, but I can't remember exactly what type of tree they are. But they're they're found in the area of of, of Memphis, right? Those type of trees, especially in the swampy areas. Yeah, West Memphis. That's correct. Okay, so um, you know, so here's a picture of like you mentioned earlier, the book tour of um, Eccles and Depp together, um, and then. So that's 2012, yeah, 2013, and then they got tattoos together, and that's a very well-known tattoo artist um, who's in on Sunset in Hollywood, and those are Wind Over Heaven, I Ching. Yeah, it's a willow. Sigils. It's a willow tree. Frida Captis has a willow tree, and looking it up, willow it does kind of look like a willow tree. Yes. Yeah. So that's the Wind Over Heaven, um, I Ching, whatever thing. So. So that's the tattoo. Actually, yeah, um, that's just that's not the only one. I think I sent you other pictures of the other. Yeah, we'll, we'll go through the pictures. Up. Okay, cool. Um, Marilyn cool. Manson and Johnny Depp also share a tattoo. Um, what is the actual? Hold on, the Johnny Depp Manson. Now, uh, also interestingly enough, too, as well as we're talking about Marilyn Manson, the tattoo above here it is. So, um, Marilyn Manson and Johnny Depp both have a tattoo that says no reason on it, okay? And when asked, Marilyn Manson just chuckles, and he says, well, go talk to Johnny about it, okay? Now, interestingly enough, uh, you know, with Manson is is Manson um, also has this tattoo of a heart within a heart, uh, which some people would also suggest, per the FBI file, that it looks very similar. Some people would say it looks similar to maybe uh, a heart like from the Nightmare Before Christmas. However, it also kind of looks like the heart of the symbol of the little girl lover in the FBI file, too, as well. And the allegations against Marilyn Manson are uh, uh, Marilyn Manson's uh, real name, of course, is Brian Warner. Um, and the allegations that came out about Evan, you know, Evan Rachel Wood uh, claimed uh, that he, he, he raped her. There's also allegation of, I think, 16 other females, too, or 17 other females, alleged allegations uh, that um, Marilyn uh, Manson uh, uh, raped them as well. I think it's around that uh, amount. Um, oh, and, and um, of course, Hunter S. Thompson, Marilyn Manson, and Johnny Depp uh, were all friends. Marilyn Manson uh, got a call in 2000 uh, from Johnny Depp, who was partying at the Viper Room. Of course, that's where, uh, if I remember correctly, River Phoenix OD'd, right? It was the Viper Room, correct? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And, I think he got a hot fix. They call it yes. an OD, but you never sit down and take five times the amount of whatever drug you're taking, you know, lethal dose. Yes, and some people were arguing that it's a possibility that... Um, who was there with him that night? Was it was Joaquin there? Yeah, it was River Phoenix's brother was there when he died on the street. So Joaquin was there, Depp and then I there. think it was Depp was there. Uh, Frescianti, the guitarist of uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, there's a band playing, and I forgot some of these people were in there. So it was there was kind of like yeah, a lot of people from the Hollywood scene were there. Um, but uh, so. Uh, um, and, and so uh, Depp was partying at the Viper Room with Hunter S. Thompson. He met Hunter S. Thompson after Fear and Loathing in Las around when he was shooting Fear, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is back in 98, 97, I believe. Uh, and so um, um, so Depp said, get down here. You got to meet Hunter S. Thompson. 
to Marilyn Manson. So Depp knew Brian Warner or Manson, you know, before Manson met uh, Hunter S. Thompson. After that, Manson and Hunter spoke regularly in late-night phone calls together. We both kept extremely odd hours, this is Manson talking, and we talked to each other endlessly. He would leave messages referring to me with a series of names that range from my birth name, Brian, to Bubba, which he used on everyone. He also called me uh, Shit Eyes. I'm not sure what it means, but it's probably the greatest thing anyone has ever said. Call me back, Shit Eyes, because I need an audience. One time when I called, he was very quiet. I said, what's going on? Uh, Hunter said, how do I say this? I'm in a romantic moment. I said, I'm so glad for you. Call me tomorrow. I was really happy that there was sex, still sex going on. Hopefully it was with a person. <laughs> and then Johnny Depp once told me, uh, Hunter S. Thompson fears you, Marilyn Manson. I ask why? Because he thinks you're not afraid to go all the way, to hit bottom, to go wherever he wants to go, and he likes that. That's a good basis for friendship or trouble, but that's what friends are for. So there was a dinner at the Chateau Marimount, which was Johnny Depp's birthday, which Marilyn Manson says was like the last supper with crazy people in Hollywood, and people that were there include Nick Nolte, Mickey Rourke, Johnny Depp, uh, Benacio del Toro, Terry Gilliam, and of course, um, uh, um, Marilyn Manson, and um, uh, who else? I can't. There was um, uh, who was Manson married to? Uh, why am I drawing a blank Evan on Rachel her name? Wood. Evan uh, Rachel Wood. Dita Von Teese. Um, Dita Von Teese. Uh, and then. Actually, is very interestingly enough, Evan Rachel uh, Marilyn Manson met Evan, Evan Evan Rachel Wood at the Chateau Marymount, uh, and that was in sure. 2006 at a party there. Um, and so there were also allegations, which you you know you talked about all the Marilyn Manson stuff with uh, Roberta Glass, uh, that there are allegations of um, possibly allegedly underage pornography on Marilyn Manson's computers and Manson claimed that it was one of the women who um, was making rape allegations against uh, Manson that was not um, Wood. I'm trying to find who it was um, claimed Manson claimed that she put Ashley uh, Gore Ashley Gore put those pictures on his computer supposedly allegedly uh, and of course, Manson also was really good friends too, as well, um, with um, uh, the Satanist. Oh, um, Manson LeVay? Uh, LeVay. Anton LeVay. Yes, that's right. Yes, Church of Satan. Yeah, I can. Do you want me to put a picture up of him? I can put it up. Yes, Let's you can. See. I'll put it up. Let me see if I can share this. Share screen. And also the picture too. I think Art. you. I think you already sent me that one. Actually, let me get it up. Uh, are you seeing that one on your? Are you screen? Are you seeing these two together, no, Manson and Levey? But I, but no. I, but you. Oh, not Manson Levey. No. Um, you're so you're not seeing the share screen when I share this. Huh? I have no idea why. Oh, weird. It's weird. Yeah. Um, it says I'm sharing, and then I'll stop to share. I'll send it to you in the. Um, okay. See if I can send it in this. Yeah. Because I know one of the I know one of the pictures. It's not in the pictures that I sent you earlier, but there's two pictures in the chat, Depp with Manson and then Marilyn Manson with LeVay. Maybe you can just take those. Yeah, there you go. There's a there's a picture you, there's a picture of um of uh of um yeah, let me go ahead and uh, there's a picture of download uh, this to me. There's a picture of Marilyn Manson um uh making out with uh Johnny Depp. That's why I just sent that to you. 
And there's even more. There's some pretty graphic stuff. They were doing some kind of music thing together and kind of simulating. So there's the video of them doing it together. And then you have the picture of uh, Marilyn Manson uh, being with Anton LaVey. Yeah, I've got tons of pictures. You've saved a lot. You saved a lot. Oh, yeah, I got tons. Well, the thing is, is that I covered a lot of that stuff in Children of the Beast and Abomination. So I covered Manson because of his tie to Crowley. So he was saying a song about the Abbey of Philema, knows about LaVey, knows about Crowley, makes statements about Crowley. So he's very familiar of all that stuff and all those kind of occult themes in his philosophy or philosophic outlook is very, you know, in-depth, much more than casual. And have you ever seen the video of him with uh, Justin Bieber mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Kanye West yes, at a I Christian have. thing? Yes, I That'll have. freak you out. Yeah, I wish. I mean, I can pull that up. I wonder if I have that. If you got um, that, share. I, I think I can I, find that. I, I think do. I can find that. Let's see here. Marilyn Manson. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send right. it to you in chat. Let's see if I can send this to you. Okay, I'm sending it to you in chat. This is the weirdest thing. After all that occult stuff that he's done, and he's suing this girl, and they're asking, sending out, I think Gore sent out that questionnaire, 21 question questionnaire, like, have you ever drank blood? Like all this stuff. And then he shows up as a Christian. It's coming to you. You can just download it. Okay. But, I mean, all these guys are in the news, and you, Kanye West, occult uh, stuff is the same. Okay. Here's a connection between Kanye West, who's at this so-called Christian whatever. Just, I mean, I got some real reservations. Yes, me but too. Kanye me too. West. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you shut up. So it's him and and Marilyn Manson. Well, Kanye West borrowed a lot of the imagery of Holy Mountain from uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky, and who officiated as the alchemist at Marilyn Manson and Dita Von Teese's wedding. Oh, interesting. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to take that guess? Uh, it was Alejandro Jodorowsky. So both, and, and there's actually pictures of Kanye West with Ale- a known blood drinker, <laughs> a self-admitted human blood drinker, Alejandro Jodorowsky. There's pictures of Marilyn Manson, him officiating Marilyn Manson's wedding, and him with Kanye West. Cannot make that up. No, you can't. And I included... I included those guys. I think it was in my movie. Honey, Children of the Beast, so I guess I, I got to play this clip real quick. So the, the one yeah, you please s- do. Sin, have it sent me, but this is this is pretty good. I guess access clip play real quick for a second. Brought back his Sunday service on Halloween, but the choir concert was not without controversy. Kanye, who legally changed his name to just Yee, hosted the popular service on a rooftop and had a number of guests in tow, all dressed in white. Roddy Rich and Justin Bieber joined the flashing lights rapper at the helm. Justin gave a blessing and performed during the event. God, thank you for your people. Thank you for your people. Is is this them trying to gussy up Brian Warner, Marilyn Manson? Are they trying to cut? This has to be some sort of ritual with all them dressed in white, right? Something right here. Maybe it's like an ONA, like insight role where they're just faking it. I don't have any idea, but it is so strange. Well, I do have a little bit. Of, this... I do have a little bit of background if you want to know about Kanye West's so-called conversion. Do it. All right. Yeah, so, so it. supposedly, it has to do with uh, Council for National Policy member, uh, uh, um, uh, millionaire Foster Freeze, who owns a ranch in Wyoming. 
Um, and of course, Foster Freeze was uh, the financier for both the Daily Caller with C. C. Remember Raj Patel, who was the um, um, yes. um, he was the uh, not Raj Patel, <laughs> Neil Patel, uh, who was um, the um, uh, um, he was an advisor to Dick Cheney, CMP Dick Cheney, and Tucker Carlson, and uh, he was also the financier for Turning Point USA, CMP Charlie Kirk. So Foster Freeze supposedly um, met with Kanye. And this was at the behest of CMP Ali Alexander and in the behest of, um, oh, who is the African-American woman? Uh, I can't think of their name, that she's a popular conservative pundit. Her name will come to me. Uh, not Condoleezza Rice, is it? No, 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 no. She's more uh, modern now. Um, oh, I can't remember. But um, um, so in, that's why... Um, uh, Kanye West uh, bought a um, uh, 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 a ranch in Wyoming, uh, and it was near Foster Freeze's ranch, actually. Um, and um, yeah, so that's interesting. That's that's who um, uh, kind of they push this big Kanye evangelical so-called push was behind was Foster Freeze, Ali Alexander, and um, I try to remember the third person. But that was who behind Candace Owens. Yes, thank you, B one. Yes, Candace okay. Owens. That's right. So it's Candace Owens. Uh, it was Candace Owens. It was um, Ali Alexander, and it was um, uh, Foster Freeze. So that was who was behind it. So of course, this is any. This is not Christian. This is not Christian at all. It's so weird to have them out there. This is a real, and Justin Bieber, I think, just got vaccine injured too. It's like so crazy. Yeah, he ended up getting um, uh, varicella zoroaster, which is the cause of chickenpox infection of his facial nerve that caused an extremely rare condition. I don't remember the condition offhand that caused uh, facial paralysis. So, um, so I sent you a bunch of pictures you can bring up: Yodorovsky with Manson and Kanye West. So you can just see all these guys together. Like it's just so strange. Oh, man, they call, I might tell you, like you, the mine of occultism that runs through Hollywood is so thick. It's just so deep. They're all connected to all these strange people. Yes, very much There's so. Pictures of, yeah, who was it? It was, uh, I think it's Manson's with like, um, oh, gosh, what is her name? Asia Argento, who is like the girlfriend of Anthony Bourdain. I mean that whole story. So there's Kanye that. with uh, Joe yeah, with the blood drinker. Yeah, Jodorowsky. And then Kanye Holy Mountain that you mentioned earlier. Right. Um, and then the Manson photo for some reason didn't come through. Okay. Um, but Kanye is our guy, right? He had a true, genuine conversion. He's born again. Uh, but his fruits show. Is that what they're saying? Because I don't know. That's I don't what know. they're is saying. That what yes, that's what oh, they're wow. saying. Uh, really? Wow. That, yeah, and even wow. Kanye, if you listen to him in his lyrics, he's at least tried to put the perso- the the presentation that he is born again. Um, but his wow. fruits really uh, Ramsey Hunt syndrome. Thank you, Douglas. That's a condition that um Justin Bieber has. Um, but um yeah, it's it's quite interesting that they're trying to put forth that Kanye had a true conversion and he's born again. But yet his fruits don't really show it. So, um, well, he's in a nasty lawsuit just like uh, Depp was. So, there's similarities between those two. Okay, this one's Yodorowsky Manson. It says okay. it sent successfully. Okay. So that's Yodorowsky officiating as the alchemist from Holy Mountain with Manson and Dita Bautista. Right there. Yes. So there you go. 
So these guys are all connected, man. Evil, it's, evil, it's evil, evil. Evil. So that's yeah, bad news. And I can, yeah, then yeah. Death has you don't know what that what. Goes. Oh yeah, we can go through all that stuff. Like there's the that's the Theban alphabet with the sigil in the center, and Eccles has designed that. It actually is a style that goes back to Kenneth Anger. Kenneth Anger on his, both of his forearms. If you can pull up some pictures of him, he has the same kind of. Theban alphabet sigil tattoos, and then Crowley's Mark of the Beast, which is a whole kind of grouping of different astrological signs, planetary signs, actually. But uh, so Anger has these tattoos, and then these guys has that same have that so, same so style. Anger, Depp, Eccles, Marilyn Manson, all share their love all, of tattooing, and all share similar yes. tattoos, and it's kind of like some sort of Ex in tattoo club or something. Oh, no doubt. It's it's weird. It's a very strange group. Let me see if I can pull up the anger tattoo because it looks exactly like this. Okay. Because, you know, I studied anger too for Children of the Beast. So I, and I did the uh, documentary. So you'll see if you follow, you know, if you watch Children, you can watch my documentary or read the book. Definitely, but, definitely. Uh, yes. You'll just see all this have, stuff. Uh, anger and Kinsey together. For all your work and everything. So. Yeah, Kinsey, oh boy, he, uh, Judith Reisman uh, uh, exposed Kinsey a lot and how much of a degenerate pedophile Alfred Kinsey was. Um, and, uh, I mean, Kinsey and Anger together, you know, birds of a feather flock together, you know. So, so. I just sent that to you. I sent that to you um, with Anger and Kinsey together. If you want to pull that up. Okay, we'll do. Let's see if I can find his form. Yeah, right tattoo. there. With Crowley in the background. Right. So that's at Chefalu. So that's at Crowley's Abbey of Thelema. I mentioned that in reference to Manson. So you see that, uh, that they're there. This is like, I think he passed away in early 50s. This is very, like, late for, I think, 50, early 50s. You know, it goes way back. They have a legacy. Oh, there's a good one. This is anger. And no, that's not it. I've got some great anger stuff. And then, by the way, Kenneth Anger was financed by uh, J. Paul Getty Jr. So J. Paul Getty Jr. would pay for his plane Whoa. flights and all this stuff. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And yeah, J. Paul Getty Jr. was initiated. He used to like sleep in a in a tomb. Like he was, and he was in all of these guys like sleeping in a tomb. Lives. Wow. Okay. Yeah, go look up J. Paul Getty Jr. And actually. He mentions these guys. Here's the anger with Yodorowsky. Let me see if I can pull this up. Pull up that picture if you can. Okay, where's the hangers? Okay, I'll pull this one up. Right, so that's kind of an important picture. So many of these people are, the Hopper is definitely a cult connected. That's Yodorowsky with anger. And on the far left is a guy by the name of Don, uh, Donald Camel, who literally sat on the knee of Aleister Crowley. His dad wrote a bio biography. His dad was from Nor uh, Scottish, where Crowley used to have uh, Bulliskin Manor. His dad wrote a biography about him. Camel sat on Crowley's knee and then went on to become a friend of... All these guys, like he was definitely connected. He was connected with uh, the Rolling Stones, and he wrote this movie called Performance, which was way ahead of its time, had all kinds of occult references and stuff like that. But 
he uh, was friends with his best friend was Marlon Brando. So this guy Camel was isn't really well known now, but it's just seeing him with all he was definitely a cult influence director, no doubt. Yeah, and was in in Anger's Lucifer Rising. So at the very end, he represents um, Horace at the very end of Lucifer Rising. Camel does. The real John Doe in chat said uh, Jimmy Page, who was an occultist and a Satanist from um, uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, was a big fan of Kenneth Anger as well. So and a big yeah, fan they knew of each other. Terrible, yeah, so. correct. Right. So they and Anger James Franco was in an Anger movie. I mean, it just goes on and on. But uh, yeah, so they used to bid for Crowley's materials. Jimmy Page would usually win. Uh, Anger tried to get Page to right for lucifer rising that didn't work out they kind of had a falling out and um so yeah lucifer rising was strange but i can't seem to find the tattoos of kenneth anger but i have them somewhere but you'll see that same theme that Eccles has one of the lesser known thing lesser known things about anger is his connection to the manson family because bobby buzelay was lucifer for lucifer rising and lived with kenneth anger in close to the hate ashbury district in a place called the russian embassy and uh strange things happened there too so bobby buzelay later on went to kill gary hinman and new manson and all that stuff pretty bad if i remember hunter s thompson was also obsessed with with uh the manson family if i remember correctly uh, and also uh johnny depp um uh spent like two or three million dollars to 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 shoot um hunter s thompson's ashes out of a cannon at like one at like a, some platform or some tower that was out there on the owl farm in Colorado of Hunter S. Thompson's property. And Marilyn Manson was there when it happened, I believe so. So that that's an interesting side story, I guess. <laughs> so, so I'm putting, I found these tattoos. So I finally went through all my stuff. So I just sent you, this is from invocation of my demon brother. And these are the two Theban tattoos. So you can see this kind of similarity goes way back. So if you can pull up those together, you go perfect. So you see the eye of Horus. This mm -hmm. is just imagery. And this is the Theban tattoo. The Theban language is known as the witch language. And there's some kind of thing on the, it's different. Eccles has a more updated version, but I think that might be a sigil or some kind of sign in the middle. And then I sent you another picture, if you can pull that up. Because okay. then you can see, these are the forearms of uh, Kenneth Anger. But you'll see on the next picture, Crowley, okay, so that's Crowley's Mark of the Beast on the bottom, and that's Anger's Theban-style tattoo. So those are both of his forms. That's that, that one on the bottom, super Crowley, and it's a mix of, like, star, moon, sun, sigils. You can see this kind of half crescent in there and all the stuff. So that's Crowley's version of the Mark of the Beast. And he actually took that and on his Scarlet Woman branded that insignia on their chest hmm. <sighs> it's all sick it's, it's all i mean it's all, it, it's all yeah. these people it's are all just there. it's the yeah. worst i mean it's the same stuff with you know occult magic um yeah but people say that this doesn't rate. exist yeah that's yeah, true this doesn't supposedly doesn't exist but you start if you look hard enough they're all lying about everything i mean Eccles has just omitted stuff and has told all kinds of whoppers in my opinion, but uh, they all they're they once you make that initiation, you're supposed to lie about your initiation, you know. So it's the whole they call it the satanic panic, you know. It's right, just the satanic panic, right? Oh, you guys are freaks. Why are you guys so worried? Blah 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 blah. 
But you look at a lot of these crimes, there's such a legacy, the whole landing report, this, the notion that there's not a satanic motivation for crime is false. There's, I, can li- I can literally write an encyclopedia of occult motivated crimes. There's so many. I'm just not paying attention. I got something for you here. All right. Can you see this book? I hold my hand. It's an extremely rare book. Okay. Uh, no, I've never heard of that. Um, and so in this book, actually, very interestingly enough, um, is um, uh, there is a uh, uh, there is actually um, some articles that were written by Lanning actually, uh, and Lanning oh. actually doesn't he actually discuss in these uh, the book the book's titled Child Pornography and Sex Rings. Uh, he actually does not discount all the stuff that he later would discount a decade after this book was written. So if you, I, I'm going to be covering this book on my channel, hopefully if I get around to it. But Lanning uh, changed his uh, opinions. So, wow, that's a shocker. I'm not surprised. But they still kind of reference the Lanning report as some kind of, yeah, discounting like the FBI authoritatively has done this. Well, you're overlooking so many facts. And John Douglas, too, did a terrible job on the West Memphis Three. I can't believe anybody respects that guy. He's such a, I, he looked over so many things, and he gave rubber stamped a lot of stuff, and he's still kind of like a, a respected profiler. But his, I mean, in my opinion, his his the work on the West Memphis Three, he put it in writing, is a joke. It's a total joke. So this it's is a laughable. This is from Kenneth oh. Lanning. It's, this, it's a, it's a uh, essay on uh, collectors. And at the beginning, he writes, Investigator, investigations have verified that pedophiles are at, usually avid collectors of child pornography and child erotica. The maintenance and growth of their collections become one of the most important things in life to pedophile collectors. No matter how much they have, collectors never have enough. They never throw anything away. So in this, uh, this, this um, uh, section that he wrote... You know, he talks about how widespread it is. And, and I mean, he right here, you know, John was an officer in the United States military uh, when he reported that he was being blackmailed over photographs supposedly taken from his death. John specifically admitted uh, that the photographs were sexually explicit uh, pictures he had taken of his daughter. So, like, for Lannon to go back and say that there is no mass involvement of this or it's not as big as everybody says it is, but in this book he writes essays that actually— I'm, I mean, granted, it's not necessarily, you could argue, from the satanic aspect of it, but it does show that he was double-minded at one point. So, Interesting, yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing is, like, they always reference, you know, the Lanning report is so authoritative, blah, blah, blah. Actually, there's some—I no, won't mention their names— but there's known people kind of out there who really love Douglas and the landing report. I'm just like, wow, you guys, you guys are out of your minds. Yeah. yeah. Here's, here's a couple more. Here's a couple more things about Eccles. So I sent them to the chat, the, yeah. these two pictures, if you can pull them up. We could go through, I could do three hours of abomination, Depp, Manson stuff. I mean, I just have so much information. Some of it's not on the internet anymore. No, a lot of this which stuff is, is unfortunate. A lot of this stuff yeah. is gone, sadly. Yeah, mine is gone. Mine was a cold investigation is gone. So this started me off on abomination. This started me off because this is a screenshot from the trial of Eccles in 1994. And this is on the desk of the prosecutor. I believe his name is Price. And it, it just, you couldn't, you can just read it. Magic and theory and practice, Alistair uh-huh. Crowley. Uh-huh. So they clearly had a photocopy of this is pre-internet 
trying to figure out what the heck Eccles is up to. And so I was like, oh, Crowley's in this. And there's a clip of this from the first um, Paradise Lost where the questioning really is something that Eccles did. He was writing English language and then some kind of uh, secret alphabet. And the names were Alistair Crowley, Jason Baldwin, and I think maybe his son or Damien Eccles. And so they're trying to figure out why he was wrote, writing about Alistair Crowley. So he literally wrote about Alistair Crowley after he was arrested. They were asking him questions about it and literally had this on the thing. So once I found out that Crowley was involved in that case, that kind of, you know, sent me down. And, and so much of the occult, almost everybody's analysis of the West Memphis Three at that time, and maybe even to the present, leaves out this incredible storehouse of occult, occultism that's in the West Memphis Three case. It's astonishing how they can just omit all that. That's Eccles back. Well, of course, because not, you know none of them, I mean, uh, if I remember correctly, was the Innocent Project Innocence Project involved in trying to get the West Memphis Three out or not? No, I think they might. I think they might have been, um, but there was a lot of PR. They paid for PR. Like when you have that much money, when you have like a war chest of ten to twenty million dollars, um, you can buy a lot. You have, they had the best lawyers. What was it? Dennis Reardon, I think was his name. Mm-hmm. He was an act. He was really a specialist in appeals. So. They found a guy who really was an excellent lawyer, a first-rate lawyer. He worked for Barry Bonds, I think, when Barry Bonds was getting – I think Barry Bonds got a slap on the wrist for steroids or something like that, if I remember correctly. i got to go back and look at that. But I mean, all, all of your, all of, all of the you know, West Memphis Three researchers, and you know, especially your work, uh, convinced me, even though there isn't necessarily um, – <sighs> smoking gun physical evidence per se uh, but there is enough a preponderance a lot of evidence outside of that and confessions and stuff like that and everything uh, that prove the guilt of the West Memphis Three so I mean you know it, it's it's obviously there once you ha- look at completely everything and nothing's hidden from you that a lot of these West Memphis Three you know limited hangout documentaries uh, and, and books that try to cover it up to show their innocence, they leave a lot of stuff out. They leave out 500 pages of his uh, psych reports. They leave stuff. So a lot of information came out after they were found guilty. So 1994 was just that when they were found guilty by two separate juries, two separate cases, um, but so much more information. Like they, they couldn't go back to trial because they'd be damned because even more people have talked. There were like five confessions, recorded confessions, post-conviction of Jesse Miss Kelly. There was this, the 500-page uh, exhibit report didn't come out until the appeals process. They were appealing Eccles' death penalty case in like 98, 99. So all that stuff is compiled. Uh, there was an appeal all the way to the Supreme Court of Arkansas that affirmed the lower court's rulings. So that's a problem. And then there was like a writ of certiorari to the Supreme Court of the United States that was denied. So there's all kinds of evidence and precedents that shows that a lot of that stuff is that. So all the kind of attacks upon the system, the judge, the prosecutors, the environment, they just don't, they're kind of a, they're kind of like an empty dart or something like that. They don't have a lot of weight to them. They're just put out there in the public to kind of win the court of public opinion, which really isn't that hard to win. A lot of people don't have the time or inclination to actually sit down and look at a lot of these cases. So this innocence fraud, movement and it's really a disaster mm-hmm. a lot of these people and a lot and once you realize once you start reading these cases you just go these guys are just engaged in some brazen 
lying, in my opinion, just terrible stuff, leaving out stuff. That's why you have a court system is so you can get all the evidence in there and follow in. You have to follow these constitutional steps to get somebody arrested, to go to the conviction. These are all set out pieces that all these people, these kind of like, uh, it's something new with the new internet media and stuff, where they just ignore a lot of those step-by-step evidentiary evidentiary gatherings, why you're in a court, why you have a judge, why you have a jury. And people think that all that stuff is, is useless. And it's a huge mistake. It's like, you're, you're degrading this whole process to get justice in your society. It's a real attack upon society. It's another of the many attacks upon American society is just this innocent project. Stuff. Very, very much so. Yes. Uh, I could not agree with you more <laughs> on that. Um, and, and, you know, you and Roberta Glass have had numerous discussions uh, about it um, and about the Innocence Project and everything, and um, is is so is this this is Peter Jackson, right? Correct. He looks like he's a, a, a fawning schoolgirl that just met the Beatles. That's what he's he looks happy. like in that picture. Yeah. yeah. So. I'll send you. I'm going to send you over the picture of Jackson with his um, tattoo, his uh, Peter Jackson Theban tattoo. So you can see the Eccles. I mean. He's kind of almost, it seems like he's binding them with his tattoos. They may not know it, but, you know, he's like making, tagging them with his magic, so to speak. Yeah. So here's, here's, there's Jackson. If you can pull that up, Jackson with the Theban tattoo. And then also this is Jackson with their paid for PR guide, Lonnie Sowery. So you see on the bottom right hand side, at least mm-hmm. on my screen. Yeah, right there. It's the same thing, right? Pretty happy, pretty pleased. And then the next one is all of them together. Um, you can pull that up. I'll, I'll, I got another one of Douglas. This year. Yeah, there they are. And there's and so some sort of poster Jackson. for West Memphis 3 there. Right, so that's the West of Memphis. So that's Eccles kind of thing. He did with Amy Berg. So Sowery is right to the right of Eccles. And you can see Eccles doesn't have his fully tatted out yet. Jackson Sowery, Eccles, his wife. And then this is uh, Bonka, Bronca, his attorney from the D.C., which is really strange. He has an attorney from the District of Columbia. I don't know why they went all the way to D.C. So it's interesting that Amy Berg later did an open secret, right? Which I believe is pretty much a limited limited hangout, in my opinion, of Mark Collins Rector and and uh that whole nexus but you know she does west of memphis and then right after that she does an open secret sus her you heard she did an interview that on the view that's so in, inadvertently funny that I, i'm going to try to pull it up for you okay. so you can watch it because okay. it's off the charts she's talking about these g uh uh turtles it's just total nonsense Oh yeah, about the prehistoric turtles. The turtles that prehistoric turtles that ate the flesh. Supposedly. Yeah, prehistoric turtles. Yeah. So, of course, I mean, if you take what the medical examiners do did as professionals, it wasn't just this one guy Peretti. There was actually a very well-known medical examiner. Two drowned, one bled out. So, to have the turtles involved, that means they had to have been at the scene of the murder. Right. Yeah. So that means the turtle is involved in attacking some boy and you know causing injury. Their theories are so ludicrous. Oh, it's so ludicrous, man. They and they put them in public. That's the whole scary thing. I'm gonna put it with you. 
And also Amy Berg, after An Open Secret, one of the next movies she did was on the pedophile, Mormon pedophile Warren Jeffs. Wow. So it's interesting, you know, West of Memphis, An Open Secret, and then Warren Jeffs. So, and then supposedly her first movie was Deliver Us from Evil, which was about Catholic molestations in the Catholic Church. So then that's weird for her to put out movies discussing, you know, ritual, widespread, institutionalized pedophilia, but then make a movie defending the West Memphis Three? Well, I'm not saying that she was paid. I'm not saying she was bribed. I have no evidence of that, but it is known. Sometimes people want a documentary as, and this is the part of the innocence fraud movement. A lot of them copied West Memphis Three is they want a self-serving public documentary that makes them look this innocent, makes, is my opinion. Now, so she might have been hired to do that. Didn't I, like you would think off the top of your head, oh, she's the one driving the story. No, she may have just been a mercenary paid for to do the video. Does that make sense? Well, very much so, yes. Um, however, this further does not make any more sense. Uh, she was approached by Evan Rachel Wood to do American TV series now on HBO about Evan Rachel Wood's claims in her campaign of ju for justice against Marilyn Manson. It's a small world. It's so strange. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Can you, so, John, can you do me a favor yes. and pull up the Eccles with Douglas, John Douglas? Can you uh, send it to me again real quick? Picture? It also, yeah, sure. So for some reason, I guess there's okay. a timeout if I don't click on them beforehand. But that's interesting sure. about Amy Berg. That's, 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 I don't yeah. know what to think about that. Yeah, and it's like this whole case it is the process of trying to understand. Because a lot of this stuff is just kept hidden. Okay, it said it went through. Okay. I'm also sending you the view on crime. It's 360 megabytes, but you should download it. Put up. Okay. See if you can pull up that Eccles. Oh, there you go. Okay, so this is John Douglas, the so-called you know supreme FBI profiler hero, sitting in front of Eccles and his wife. Eccles has not gotten all his tattoos yet, but you can see there's a tarot set in front of them. Mm -hmm. And Doug, this is like, it's the opposite of objectivity. Why is he sitting there smiling along with them? And so... I, I don't have proof that how money was being apportioned. There's no uh, exposure or no, it's not come to light. Something is very strange about his relationship, Douglas's relationship with the West Memphis Three. And it does, it's not explicable by like normal person analyzing something, in my opinion. Yeah. There's something else going on. Like I just, I like my spider senses are fully tingling. This, you'll see this now. When you draw, download the view with Amy Berg and we go through that, You'll see Eccles doing the same thing. What he's doing, in my opinion, what he's doing, he's, he's shoving this black dragon tattoo right in Douglas's face. Yeah. Now, black dragon, this is like super dark, like ONA, like really dark secret society stuff. That tattoo, I don't want to go too much into it. There are groups that the public doesn't know about. We know about the OTO, mm -hmm. Temple of Satan, all that stuff. He's doing something really profound here that Douglas is just a total, he's, Douglas is a rube, and he's. He, and I think it's an inside joke amongst Eccles and his type what he's doing to, to Douglas right here by showing him that tattoo. Yeah. And you'll see that exact. You'll see that exact same motion um, once we watch this view uh, show. Okay. So <clears throat> to like, so you have to understand Eccles has. He's very much, and these guys, Levey, Man, Marilyn Manson. 
Charles Manson, very much an angle of their occultism is mind control. It is getting in and controlling people's minds. And Eccles has a book. I haven't been able to get a copy of it. It's called Mind Magic. So he knows at least that theme. I don't know how deep it goes, but I do believe, in my opinion, he he's looking at these people and trying to manipulate all of them. That's my opinion. I don't have a lot of proof of that, but I believe that these people who are in his orbit, he's trying to put them together to have his worldview for one, one way or another. I don't know by hook or by crook, but I do believe that he's trying to use techniques. Is it, to, is it mind magic or high magic? Mind magic. Okay. I'll, I'll, so, I'll so, so, Eccles is, <laughs> Eccles, so Eccles has written numerous books then. Right. He's done like uh, pamphlets and all this stuff like that. Let me find, let me see if I can find mind and magic. This is not a, this is not a book that has come to the public. This huh. is very important. Huh. I'm going to put there. Yeah. This is not a public book. I'm sending it to you right now. Okay. See if you can download. Um, it says it's successful. Yeah. I will download it right now. Can you see if you can download the view on crime? Cause we can go through that and analyze yeah. that too. That'll be fun. Make sure it's downloaded. Yes, it is. Okay. So this is mind magic. magic. Yep. There we go. Yes. Wow. Is. Hermetic Reiki. Really? This is what we're doing now. Okay. Does that symbol look familiar to you at all? It's, it's, it's the one that was on his back. Yeah, the yeah, one that was. you just showed on his back. Yeah, yeah, it was. So this is a pamphlet. So he had this... When he left um, Arkansas, he went to Salem because he felt like that was going to be a place for him. So he opened up some kind of like hermetic energy shop or something like yeah, that. Yeah, using Salem. Reiki. Right. And so people were kind of following. There was kind of a kerfluff, like a, a lot of consternation by the locals that he showed up because some people could see through the baloney. It's a really amazing story because I was following the case a lot of people don't know some of this background so a lot of people were following him and there was it was called there was like a for the city of salem it was its own kind of website where people could put stuff in and there was a battle between it was kind of like a witch battle there were all of these occultists new agers on the side of Eccles, and then there were the local citizens were <laughs> like hey look at this court case they say he was drinking blood he's guilty and it was almost like the same thing that you see today where two sides are on there, but it was taking place in, I mean, it was incredible. So this is like spiritual the, warfare the core, level of powers and principalities. Like. No, get this. It gets even richer. So it's in the Salem where the witch trials on. They've always said that uh, prosecuting Eccles was a witch trial. And when he was arrested, there was a copy of the exorcist by, by Peter Blatty in his, trailer or whatever wherever he lived mm -hmm. one of the chief people who was against Eccles was peter blatty's son wow, mike blatty wow. yeah so i have all of those emails i can pull all of those up it's really for us and that's how i met roberta glass because she oh, was okay. kind of following she has yeah so that's how far back we went to is this whole thing that was going on in salem so she and i have known each other for eight years so that's our background and she was kind of like following the thing too, like following the posts and reading and trying to keep up on it because she was, her wheels and mind was spinning about this whole innocence fraud. So she, that's how I learned about innocence fraud is from her. Cause I came at, at the West Memphis three as a different angle. 
I came like, oh, Crowley's involved in this. There's a cultism. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the larger landscape of innocence fraud, which people are being bombarded with, like all this nonsense. Uh, was it Hussein or what was that guy's name? Uh, there's been so many dumb shows that are that are misleading, just like the Paradise Lost series, in my, my opinion. Yeah. But a lot of these a lot of these documentaries are made for infotainment. They're not serious. They're not. They're serious not about, serious investigations. They're limited hangouts. Um, and or money makers. I think. I think that the, the the Paradise Lost trilogy is a cash cow, just like any trilogy, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, let's make a really documentaries are cheap if you do it right. You don't have to spend that much money. Just get some people on tape, and you can send this out and create a you know, create some uh, drama or controversy. You're on. You're you know, you're selling millions. I don't know how much they sold, but I think and HBO it was, was pushed by HBO, wasn't it? Yeah. And the person, the lady who greenlight, I forgot her name. But she was like, I'm watching her. She's like, this woman has had the most wonderful career in Hollywood. She's such a great person. I'm looking at her and go, you're responsible for the Paradise Lost uh, trilogy. What are you talking? Why are these people, uh, you know, parading you around like you're some hero? You're awful. Well, Forgot her name. Well, they try to show the West wow. Memphis area as being evangelical Christian. And, you know, they just look, look at these backwards, hick-minded people. Uh, and, um, you know, they, they believe any lie when it comes in ritual, uh, satanic abuse or murder or Satanism doesn't exist. You know, that's the whole frame right. of the Paradise Lost movies. Right. It's such nonsense. It's total baloney. I mean, there, there's so much history of these writings of occult writings. It's just everywhere. It's almost everywhere now. It's probably the default uh, religion now, other than Christianity, is always, you know, as uh, we're kind of in a post Christian country. The, um, the interesting thing is when I first kind of came out, I was totally like, I mean, I was flayed for my opinions because I was actually kind of in a lonely spot. I was in a position where I was against the, um, I was against the, the people who said they were innocent, but I was also in the people who thought they were guilty, but I was also involved in the occult, which the other people didn't really want to go in, but I thought it was central and I still do think it's central to the case so i was kind of like hey guys why aren't you guys talking about crowley or occultism or anything why are you guys ignoring that that's like uh, uh such a you know it, it pervades so much of the literature all this occultism blood drinking weird stuff so anyway so it was uh, but they i my point was is that when i first came out people tried to label me as like a fundamentalist christian or a hillbilly so i got those kind of really complaints i'm like I'm in California. I'm not, yeah. I'm not from Arkansas, you know, so it was kind of funny. Are you got the view loaded yes, up? Yes, I do. Um, DK right, Wilson in the chat also mentioned all the seven pointer stars, pointed stars are versions of the Astrium Argentium, which uh, Crowley had, uh, had uh, pop, pop, popularized. So. Right, it's 77, right? So those, the larger and smaller ones are 77s, right? Yes. Libra Oz and all ties in the kind of All stuff, right, yeah. so we can start this. The view, everybody, let's get ready. So this will be good, so. Uh, the the view on crime, Williams. So they'll get down to the bottom of things. Uh, have fun. This is going to be great. We're back with one of the West Memphis Three, Damian Eccles, and we're joined by the woman he married on death row, Lori Davis, and the director of the documentary West of Memphis, Amy Bird. Welcome, Lori and Amy. Thank you. 
Before you met Damien, you were living a, a normal life. You lived in uh, Brooklyn and Park Slope. You were an architect, a landscape architect. I mean, you were doing what regular normal people do. How in the world did you end up marrying a man on death row? It's a long story. Uh, I saw Paradise Lost the okay. first time. Okay, this woman, she, something's off. Something's off. Uh, just, 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 you know, just the way her facial features are. She's note, note the uh, eyes wide shut, red hair, yeah. scarlet woman, red hair. Yeah, yeah. Documentary. Um, it screened at MoMA in 1996, and it just hit me like a freight train. The story, the injustice, everything about it. I was raised in the South, okay. so I understood the culture, um, and I understood what it was like to be a little bit different in my mm -hmm. community. So I'd her body language is so off. I mean, she could just be nervous, but it just doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, she married David Eccles. I mean, let's be real here. And she fell for paradise. I mean, maybe she just fell for paradise lost. Maybe she just fell for propaganda. It happens, you know, but. I, I, oh, well, I mean, the connections are unbelievable. I can tell you stuff. Yeah. Okay. People send me stuff like people think I'm grinding like through research. There's other people out there who send me stuff. It's the same with the finders with me, you know, and I, yeah. you know, uncovered which is stuff. great. The finders, yeah. you know, it's just, it's it's the same. People send me stuff that I verify and I give them credit for. You know, you get a whole bunch of stuff that you know, I mean, there's no way that you can cover. There's probably stuff that people will never find about this stuff. That's so one of the interesting things people sent me was Mara Leverett supposedly wrote the book, like the primary book, Devil's Not, which the movie was made about, right? with um, Reese Witherspoon but she there's a she is a lesbian is my understanding and her girlfriend there's a picture of Echo's wife with their, with their girlfriend so there's all kinds of like weird situations where these people do not have objectivity they're not like some random person who said I'm going to take a sky high view of these cases and Mara Leverett leaves out a lot of stuff in Devil's Not and I think she went after buyers I got to go back and reread that but there's a lot of problems but like what the heck is her? Yeah, I just that's so strange. Like people, I was like, "What the heck is her girlfriend doing with Heckle's wife? Why are they even friends?" That's. I mean, I nothing should really shock us when it comes to this, right? No doubt, but I mean, that's that's like what happened when you research all these people. It gets worse and worse. It doesn't like you don't go, "Oh, this is just a nice guy trying to tell the truth." There's like some kind of or some connection between a lot of these people that yeah that, that is very true the more you research these people it isn't something where you're like you know what this person just made a mistake i mean sometimes it happens but it's quite rare it's 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 usually not the case uh and uh yeah so let's continue with this just felt an affinity for damien and i reached out for, to him wrote him a letter sent him some books and then from there on out it was just <laughs> so how did your family take that that you were you were communicating with a guy on death row well i waited for four years to tell them one of the things that i don't can you pause this for yes. a sec one of the things that i like janine Pirro is an attorney and a judge she should have at least done a little bit of legwork like just 15 minutes like what really happened in this case because i think in a lawyer i are like didn't you plead guilty in 2011 like that should be a massive ever, you know, like a massive world scale red flag. Hmm. Just the fact that he pled guilty and he's out here pleading innocent. Like, but the, the woman in between these two is probably one of the better questions you'll see. But it, uh, it, Shapiro should know better. That's Piro or Piro's handler should know better. Very much so. And, and uh, friend, the olives in the chat mentioned something that I just realized that too. 
all three, Manson, Depp, and Eccles, have a bolt tattoo on their hand. That's true, yeah. Picked up and moved to Arkansas so you could be near him while he was on death row. Now, as a judge, I would marry some people before they went to prison, before one of them went to prison. But they usually kind of knew each other, had a little physical contact. That didn't happen. You made the move. You were all in before you actually were no physical yeah. contact. What happened yeah. there? You know, I, I just kept instinctually taking the next step. And... Um, Damien is an extraordinary person, and we had corresponded, a great deal of correspondence, I think we have 5,000 letters between the two of us by this point, but wrote to each other, talked to each other a great deal, and of course I had to study up on the case and, and learn everything about it, but I just knew that he was extraordinary, and I was never going to find anyone like him again, and I was just in it from, from the beginning. Now, Amy, a lot of celebrities came to uh, Damien's defense, a ton of them, but what eventually led to him being freed? Well, it wasn't just one thing. It was the celebrities, actually, their involvement was mm -hmm. a plus in so many ways behind the scenes. But down in Arkansas, celebrity support is just, it's was not he, a good thing. Okay. It's her um, demeanor, her body language is that she's very pleased with herself. Uh, so that part is interesting. And then she just mentioned, yeah, celebrities down there in the south of the West Memphis area, you know, all these uh, highfalutin Hollywood celebrities, you know, they don't look really kindly around those parts, you know. So, but yeah. her and and uh, the wife, they both made that. I'm from the south. I know what it's like yeah. down there. So they're planting that kind of seed. Well, it's... I'm from the south, and I know what it's like down here, okay? And, yeah, we don't like uh, – um, uh, there's a there's a huge evangelical presence still that remains in the su southeast of the United States of America, and we we don't uh, take kindly to uh, Satanists and uh, Hollywood uh, actors and actresses. So, uh, there is some truth to that, I guess. Uh, but they're also, but, I mean, I think it's interesting they say that because they're they're separating themselves from that whole thing for a variety of different reasons. Mm -hmm. So they're saying they don't fit in with that. No, I think they, you can kind of infer that. Yeah, very much so. Yes. Them. They're, they're, they're different. They have enlightened they're opinions different. and views. William. They're not like their slap jaw yokel, uh, uh, right. uh, family right. back in the South, you know? So of course, Berg also wearing, uh, what appears to be some sort of onyx, uh, stone necklace, uh, in the shape of kind of like a, a nail or a blade, so that's interesting. So Hollywood, and it's not no. true. Yeah. So um, really, um, when Dennis Reardon took this case to the uh, Supreme Court and he challenged the, stat the DNA statute in the state of Arkansas, there was this palpable shift, and suddenly everyone was able to kind of come out and support Damien publicly, support all three of the guys publicly, and everything started to move from there, and they were granted a new trial, but then all the delays set in, as right. you know. And it, what's amazing is that there was absolutely no DNA evidence. But one of the things, Amy, that you talked about and brought out was this thing about turtles. Why don't you tell us? Mm. Well, these guys were... Okay, I have to say this. This is the most convoluted... Like, I can't believe anybody ever put forth this defense. It makes literally no sense. And then stated on The View without anybody, like... Uh, questioning it, like, well, I, listen to this. This is really yeah. Important. We won't say anything until the end after it's spoken. Okay, about. I'll try to keep my mouth shut. It, it's it's shut. oh boy, it's convicted based on the autopsy photos. They were they were convicted based on the satanic nature of these crimes. But if you actually do research, we worked with many forensics experts and spoke to 
everyone, and they unanimously said that these were not stab wounds. There was no depth to any of the wounds. These mm -hmm. were just scratch marks. So basically, they were being judged on something that had nothing to do with the crime. And you have to basically start from the beginning at that point and look at the post-mortem activity. And that's ultimately... And, but, but you start, talked about the turtles, the turtle snappers, that the post-mortem injuries, the animal predation. Right. And where the bodies were found was in a bayou right in West Memphis. And there were snapping turtles. If you, I don't know if you know about snapping turtles. I didn't when I went down there. They're 110 pounds. Okay, first of all, who doesn't know about snapping turtles, all right? Like, I've known the snapping turtles exist since I was a kid, okay? So, I mean, I, I whatever. It, I, I didn't mean to interrupt it. It's just still, the, 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 oh, this is so just, is, they have to be mocking us at, at this point, William. They have to be. It might be. I, might, I think maybe in 2012 they could get away with this, but I think this is, this is 10 years old. It's still mocking. It's still messed up. <laughs> They're, they're like prehistoric beasts. and They can really hurt you. They can hurt you. And they migrate towards corpses. Oh, so it, was, it became something that oh, seemed awful. very obvious. So nobody brought that up at all oh. during the trial. Well, the medical examiner in Arkansas actually is a turtle expert, and he breeds his own snapping turtles. I don't know why this never went anywhere, but nobody really... So then we find the out... the prosecutor that... wanted to say mm -hmm. that a knife was used, and then they, in, within minutes of going into water, three minutes, I think they found a knife. And so they said, that's the weapon. I have a question, William. Yeah. If it was, quote-unquote, snapping turtles, I think they would have done more damage in a couple of scratches. Wouldn't it if they tore flesh off the bone if that was the case? They would have eaten it, right? That's the whole pers purpose. Yeah, right? They're so supposed to be eating it, eating the, carrion or whatever. The scratches, so there the scratches don't make any sense. This is total nonsense. You, I mean, if you really want to have a bad day, the autopsy photos of what happened to the children are available. Ugh. And some of them definitely have stab wounds on their face. Yeah. Like it's not unless unless the only way it could be justified if it was a turtle if the turtle could pick up a knife and stab somebody, which is not unless it was a trained turtle. And this is Hollywood, okay. so right? It had to have been a trained turtle that had a knife like taped to its hand and went right in, and the kid didn't move, right? Let himself get stabbed. I mean, it's it's this is. I just don't. I'll play the rest of it. It's just I never heard this clip. I never heard. I just heard you guys discuss the turtle evidence, and I was like, okay, the turtle evidence makes absolutely no sense. But now, you know, Amy Berg in the View trying to discuss the turtle evidence uh, makes it even more outlandish and silly. And just yeah, Janine Pirro should know better. She should know better. <laughs> we could argue that it was part of the satanic cult. That's why they didn't go to the turtle yeah. thing. And then you have these incredible MEs from around the country who came to testify on your behalf. I know it's it, it, absolutely crazy. Now you you, you were free. But then who do you think did this, yeah. these heinous murders? Yeah, who, who did it? Good question. A little voice. We actually say we shouldn't have to point the finger. That's what the evidence should be for. We have evidence now. We have DNA found at the crime scene that puts, matches one of the victim's stepfathers and the man who is providing the stepfather with an alibi. Ah, ah. Now we're talking about Terry Hobbs. All right. They just suggested him, right? They've got the new alternate, right? They used to say it was buyers in the second documentary for people who don't know, you can go back and look at this whole series. They were 100% positive that it was uh, Paul Mark Byers, one of the stepfathers in the second documentary, and then it changed. So maybe some people, you know, the more clever amongst you should probably ask the question, why did they change the uh, alternate perp? 
right here I'm reading it says that the claws of a snapping turtle are about as sharp as those of dogs. So when dogs scratch you, they scratch you pretty deep. Especially if they get you good. And then, you know, they're 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 they can, you know, snapping turtles they can bite too as well. Um I mean I I I don't know. To me, it sounds their their discussion of it's a little too ludicrous to me. So, yeah. I mean, I like that. There's there. Are, I mean, it's you just keep going through. You have all kinds of problems. The real mystery is so many people were on board. That's really kind of the mystery of why it's it's hard to penetrate to really what happened because. The celebrities are there. You've got the PR guy there. You have these uh, documentaries. You've got the PR assault through Eccles. So you can see why people got confused. Like when I was trying to figure out this case, I was scratching my head. Like, what's this person doing? Why is he doing that? What did he say that? But, you know, you can go back and read. I mean, my book is basically just yeah. the court documents. You can go back and take a look at them and and I guess like I didn't make up the whole story of Eccles being visited by some demon called Rosie mm -hmm. going on night journeys where he's riding on a horse and this thing licks him. Like, hey, I didn't make that up. He wrote about it. No, I have I have your book. It's on my it's on my bookshelf. It's an excellent book. Um, and and I, um, you know, I yeah, I mean, the court documents are I mean, it's the same with the finders. I publish, you know, documents in the book, too, as right. well that I'm writing. So, I mean, you know, it's the, the documents are there. You know, um, so, I mean, and again, with the whole thing with the turtles as well, that doesn't make any sense to me too, William, is that aren't snapping turtles mostly docile? Aren't turtles mostly docile animals? So, like, they usually don't attack unless you really mess with them, right? And then even then, like, to me, the whole story, does, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. It just doesn't make any, doesn't make any sense right. to me. Hundred, can you imagine a 110-pound prehistoric snapping turtle that's just loitering around? in some like uh wash off the Mississippi. Like why didn't somebody grab that and film it? It's huge. Like 110 pounds. Imagine how big that turtle, it's gotta be like 50 or hundred years old. And it is attacking, right? the, it, attacking the boys collectively, you know, it's right. just, I don't, it's whatever. Well, I mean, you can look up what's the average weight of a, a snapping turtle according to uh, the internet. You want to take a guess? It's like, the weight doesn't get over 30 pounds. Yeah, I would assume. So that. why is she saying 110 pounds? This is just some, this is just me Googling snapping turtle and trying to figure out how big it gets. 10 to 35 pounds. Yeah, the heaviest specimen oh. ever recorded is 75 pounds. Oh, right, so if they had a 110 pound snapping turtle, they should put that in a freaking museum. They should like to sell it. Put it in, a, yeah. And, and, and yeah, people believe the snapping turtle theory. So tons of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I guess there's, I guess that shows how poor critical thinking is nowadays. I guess. I mean, there might be the yeah. It's just yeah. Well, you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's a lot easier to think that they were railroaded and and convicted for a crime they didn't commit than actually kind of putting together this big smoke screen about the facts of really what happened. So the way they try to frame it, it was just uh, the West Memphis jury uh, and prosecutors and investigators of the police force just had uh, Christian uh, Southern conservative proclivities and 
uh, you know, they just tried to to frame these boys because uh, they were wearing heavy metal shirts, right? So they were just wearing Metallica shirts, and that's why they got uh, stereotyped and went through the whole court process. It was nothing to do with the evidence, the fact that somebody, a whole family, saw Eccles near the scene of the crime, that a number of girls heard him admit to the crime at a softball, yeah, the softball game. A uh, game, you know, it's, there's so much evidence. Uh, there's and it's before the everybody has this kind of CSI DNA effect. Even uh, Judge Piero mentioned that, like, no DNA. They didn't have DNA until very recently, within the last 25 years. And they've convicted people all through time, all through human history, through court, through other means, whether it's direct or uh, circumstantial evidence. So it's kind of a fraud to think that, like, you have to, if you have to have DNA to. Um, convict somebody and also plays out, I think, in the West Memphis Three advantage because they say, hey, you guys don't have any DNA, right? Yeah. 93. Numerous cases that were convicted without DNA, you know? Sure. So. Oh, tons. There's enough evidence, enough things like where were you or suspicious? I mean, Eccles, uh, I think on the stand, the, the prosecutor asking questions and got him to admit that he had information that he couldn't find in public uh, documents in the newspaper. So why did you know? There's all kind. There's just so much there. There's actually the overabundance of stuff. Confessions. Echo, uh, to, uh, I mean, today, like I said, his girlfriend's testimony. Yeah. yeah, like I said, if they retried these cases today, they I, I don't imagine him being innocent because they have the post, the Jesse confessions, the 500 page exhibit, all kinds of stuff. Other statements that uh, that c- c- condemn him. Eccles actually went on, I think it was Vice. We can look up a Vice article where he says, I was convicted for my love of the knowledge of Aleister Crowley. Wow. Like, that's an incredible statement. Yeah. Like, his lawyers obviously didn't. Yeah. His lawyers didn't obviously overlook that because he made that admission. Like, I wonder wonder if I can find that. That's, I, I mean... I guess one thing they like to do is they like to talk about Miss Kelly and how they like to literally their their defense of him getting a confession is that he's I hate to use these this terminology borderline mentally retarded. So that's how they kind of frame it is, is he really does he just did it because he was pressured into doing so and he's kind of slow so that's why he made those statements. When actually Miss Kelly seems to be the only one out of the 3 that actually has some sort of remorse for the actions right. from what I've seen. So it seems to be the one with like low profile crying, all that stuff. Where's that? Maybe it's, maybe that article's gone. It used to be up. Might have to check uh internet archive or archive. That is to see if it pops up there. Um, is there, yeah, is there anything else you want to discuss in, in closing, William? I'll definitely have you back I mean, on. there's a lot. You can read my book. Uh, yes. I used to have a lot of videos about the West Memphis Three on my uh, page, which was Book Burn by Google, a cold investigation. So a lot of that's lost. Some of it's still around. And a, uh, William Ramsey investigates. So you can see that. I've done so many discussions. I really just, on uh, my social media, I, did, I had a discussion with Dave McGowan like four or five years ago. Well, he's still live talking about the West Memphis Three in his impression on that with Ed Opperman. So you can listen to that. And I have a close to 700 kind of hours of interviews I've done on a variety of different subjects, a lot of West Memphis Three. 
Children of the Beast, you can see. Now, at, William, uh, look at all those negative reviews now. Okay, this book can't be good. Yeah. Okay. We know it's the West Memphis Three Brigade. Right. You know, that's given so many negative right. reviews. So. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, love. Uh, I'm trying to find this article. But yeah, you can listen to all my stuff on William Ramsey Investigates on iTunes. Uh, my five documentaries are on. Vimeo, my five books you can get from my website or Amazon. What is this article? It's weird. Oh, someone's sell someone selling a uh, on Amazon selling a signed collectible copy of oh, Abomination. To let you know. So. Hey, you can have it. You can get a collectible copy from me. You can just pay for one. <laughs> Send it to you. You can sign it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think in some, there's so much evidence that really points to these guys. It's not the, uh, the stepfathers. Uh, there's not any, all the evidence that they say they found John, some DNA. The guy's name is John Mark Byers and uh, yeah, Byers Terry Hobbs, or, right? Or Terry Hobbs, right. Terry Hobbs is, they supposedly found something, but they never put it in court. They found something that conforms to him. It's a really good public story for public consumption, but you would take it to court and have it conclusively you know, bust somebody, but that's never going to happen. So these are, I think, in my opinion, all for public consumption. Um, but you got to watch out. These guys, I mean, the Eccles, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't think, yeah, you just got to really, I, there's, there's a subtext of a lot of these guys that it really isn't, it's very unsettling. So you got to really be careful. I mean, I really, you can laugh about kind of their stuff, but I think no, there's no, there's a lot of evil in Satanism. Yeah, uh, and they're practicing occultists uh, and Satanists. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you're not wearing the full yeah. armor of God, you know, and, and, and it, it can really um, become a problem. I mean, I'm pretty sure that you've had uh, spiritual attacks against you for bringing out this information and for researching and talking about it, William. Uh, yeah, you okay. know, but you, of course, being know. born again, uh, the same as me, you know, we, we have uh, protection. Uh, f uh, f from the, from those uh, spiritual effects, uh, you know, that's given to us by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God the Father and everything. So, you know, I mean, yeah, but this is, you know, you know we might, if we didn't joke or laugh to a certain degree about this stuff, uh, we'd get right, angry and cry all the time because of how horribly depressing and anger-inducing it is. Uh, so you have to laugh at it sometimes because it's just so ludicrous. It's just, it's just so ludicrous. Uh, but it is truly evil and debauched and deranged and satanic. And um, it's, it's, it's quite sad. It's quite sad that um, this case will now be remembered as a satanic panic case. Right. When the guy gets out of jail in 2011 and just goes right back into the occultism, he hasn't stopped. No. He was going to make a huge magical antenna in New York City. He went, and now I think he's moving to New Orleans. So Salem, New York, New Orleans, um yeah i don't i don't know it's uh i don't know if he's really that well in my opinion so people need to watch out yes very much so all right william tell everybody where they can find you we'll definitely have you on again yeah same likewise come on and talk with me anything you want to talk about uh again my uh podcast william ramsey investigates top one percent in the world according to listen notes you have 700 shows tons of stuff about uh west memphis three nine eleven children of the beast some other books you know i've done a lot i just did one on kinsey you were interested in yes very good. so kind of analyzing kinsey yeah. 
that's a recent one. So you can go back through all that stuff. It's kind of like an anti-entertainment podcast because I think a lot of that stuff is evergreen. So you can just kind of go back and find anything that sounds interesting to you uh, from an independent kind of not too poli overtly political perspective. And then again, my books are my website, William Ramsey Investigates and Documentaries on Vimeo. Yes, excellent. I, I listen to a lot of your streams. I can't listen to them all because you put out so many, uh, but I do listen oh, to man. your channel very frequently. Uh, and I want to appreciate all the work that you have done, um, you know, and, and all, all the various people that you have interviewed, uh, William, over um, your uh, uh, career as an interviewer and a researcher and an author. Um, I can't thank you enough uh, for what you've done. Um, and a lot of Thanks, people so. in the appreciate chat, they respect you too as well, uh, and they wish you well. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and so, all right, everybody, that's it. Uh, this is gut check. Definitely going to have William on again. Take care, everybody. God bless. See you soon. Bye. God bless you. God bless you.